Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Austin Gale here with my guy, Ben Brown, the guys that always do the PFF Daily Betting Podcast on Thursday nights, Friday mornings, coming off the 28-21 win for the Seattle Seahawks. Now have first place in the NFC West. Kind of a sweat for us Seattle minus three betters. It was an interesting game. Carlos Dunlap, the former Cincinnati Bengal, wearing number 43 for Seattle, calls game for the game-ending sack on fourth down. What were some major takeaways you had from this game? I mean, it was like the resurgence of Larry Fitzgerald, it felt like. I don't know how many targets exactly he had, but he was definitely uh, fantasy-relevant tonight. He was working off of, what was it, 10 targets, 8 catches for 62 yards, so he was definitely more involved than even DeAndre Hopkins, who only had 8 targets um, for the Cardinals. So, I don't know. I know people want to see Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, a little bit more involved, but yeah, there's just... uh, a lot of things that you know didn't necessarily occur correctly for the Cardinals coming up on on their offensive side of the football. So I don't know. It was kind of a slow moving game, a little bit, especially to start. Um, you know, Seattle. You kind of look at that score, think you know, oh, 28 points, whatever. That's pretty normal. They had you know, safety, two field goals, missed extra point, all sorts of you know little things. But uh, Russell Wilson kind of got back to his early season performance, looked really well. I think he'll have you know probably a 90 plus PFF game grade i think when everything's official don't quote me on that but uh other than you know hanging the ball hanging onto the ball too long taking some you know sacks you know three and a half four seconds time to throw sort of situations i think uh it was a pretty decent performance from the seahawks offense yeah i mean the prop king had me on russell wilson plus two and a half passing touchdowns i think in plus money didn't get that one unfortunately but he did finish 23 of 28 for 197 and two touchdowns yeah, he had um, the two in the first half, and you were kind of feeling pretty good about it, you know, heading into halftime. Great. And then, and then, you know, Carlos Carlos Hyde gets the goal line carry, and they don't really score other than that. So they got, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation from that perspective. But no interceptions was all, also got there, thankfully. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty efficient game for Russell Wilson. You'd love to see it. The takeaway I have on the Larry Fitzgerald stuff, and you and you mentioned it here: ten targets in this game, eight eight receptions for sixty-two yards. They are more creative with Larry Fitzgerald's usage than they are with DeAndre Hopkins. Like they leave DeAndre Hopkins at outside receiver on an Island all the time, which is much easier to defend in my opinion than what the saints do with Julio Jones or uh, what the Falcons do with Julio Jones, what the saints do with Michael Thomas, moving him around the line of scrimmage, et cetera. I think they could benefit from doing that with DeAndre Hopkins. Like don't just leave him out there on an Island. Hopkins only finishes with five receptions for 51 yards in this game. So some interesting stuff there. We have to pivot now to some college football. Not, there was not just NFL being played on Thursday night. There was also some college football being played. Tulsa versus Tulane. And before this game, noted college football fan and founder of PFF, Neil Hornsby, who knows I'm big into college football, big into the draft. I have the 2-4 draft podcast with Mike Renner. Says, who am I watching on Tulsa? I said, buddy, there's one name I got for you. It's Zayvon Collins, the linebacker for Tulsa, one of the highest graded players on their team, a legitimate NFL draft prospect. And he obviously finishes this game. Tulsa goes down 14. They have a 14-point deficit. They come back, tie the game with a Hail Mary, and Zayvon Collins has a walk-off pick six in OT to win that football game. And the crazy thing about Zayvon Collins is he is from Hominy, Oklahoma. No, you haven't heard of it. How many Oklahoma has as many people in their city as I had in my high school there in California? 3,400 people live in Hominy, Oklahoma. He was the quarterback, running back, safety, linebacker on their football team, an absolute monster, only a three-star recruit because no one watched him play football, gets, gets a, um, an offer from Tulsa there in Oklahoma, and now is easily the best player on their team, an absolute monster in every way, shape, and form, comes away with the walk-off pick six there against Tulane. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect idea to a game. That was actually like a really unfortunate break for uh, Tulane backers. I think the game closed basically at five and a half, six, like you said. Third string quarterback for Tulsa comes down. Basically, they were up. I think there was no scoring in the first half, right? Uh, 14 to zero in the fourth quarter. Tulane was up. Third string quarterback in for Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa scores a TD to make it 14-7. They converted a couple, I think, fourth and long uh, conversions on their next drive. Uh, Tulane actually scored with basically like a minute left to move it to 21-14. And then, yeah, Tulsa basically hits the Hail Mary with one second left from like 38 yards out to push it and go, make it go to overtime. And then in overtime, of course, Tulsa actually ends up walking it off. So I don't know. I feel bad for the plus six backers on Tulane. Um, I actually picked up a little Tulane at halftime because I was a little bit intrigued. We kind of liked them uh, before the initial line movement. And then, you know, with Tulsa... Uh, Zach Smith going down. I thought it was maybe a viable play, but uh, that definitely came back to bite me. So it does go down in uh, PFF folklore and gambling folklore, like I guess at this point. So it was a quality Thursday night game of football. You have to admit that. 100%. And we're now going to look ahead to what should be a decent night of Friday college football. Friday, November 20th, we have, what, four games in Greenland right now. Syracuse at Louisville, Purdue at Minnesota, some Big Ten action where maybe, maybe, we get to see Rondell Moore, the prolific wide receiver for Purdue, play his first game this season. He hasn't, I don't think, have been officially ruled out. He hasn't played a game this year. UMass versus Florida Atlantic, New Mexico versus Air Force. Right now, the only edge I see, or over 1% edge I see in NCAA Greenline, which you can get with your PFF Elite subscription on PFF.com, is UMass plus 33. Are you riding with the Minutemen on Friday? I am not going to ride with the Minutemen. I don't, I mean, they actually haven't looked too terrible when they've gotten the chance to, to play, but I don't know. I've kind of, I actually made it a rule last year that I wasn't really going to buy into the Minutemen or <laughs> UConn last year, and I've kind of held true to that. So I think even in this spot, 33-point dogs, uh, I'll probably just lay off. But of course, you know, like you said, the options are kind of slim here on Friday night. So I don't know if I'm going to have to get, you know, some prize picks going on or maybe find some values or maybe in-game options as well. But I'm not too intrigued by the Minutemen at this point in time. So I don't know if you can talk me into it or not. But I, I can't, buddy. I, I think I had that rule last year. You know, Minutemen are always dogs. And you've talked about betting models before. or betting models with heavy, heavy dogs, 35, 40-point dogs. You're always going to start to kind of find edges when the spread gets that wide. But the Minutemen are big dogs I can't bet on. I just they, they have really struggled to cover these big numbers going against these football teams. I think I'm steering clear here. Is there any pick? Is there any pick you like on the Friday slate here? I mean, I do want to kind of see Rondell Moore. So from that perspective, I wouldn't mind seeing, um, you know, tuning into this Purdue-Minnesota game. I, of course, backed Minnesota earlier in the year, so I definitely can't justify that. I think the line has definitely moved um, away from Minnesota basically uh, throughout the week. So Purdue's basically a two-and-a-half-point favorite at this point in time. I don't know. I think the under's probably a viable play if Rondell Moore isn't available, but I do think this game probably slows down just a little bit. So 61 under is probably a, maybe the one spot that I'd be looking at and what I would consider probably the best game uh, coming up here on Friday night. No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win uh, restarting that. Fuck. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out their daily prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, 
we will set you up with a free, free PFF Edge annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first deposit is at least $10, bucks, we will set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. Gotcha. Well, let's jump off of college football here and always finish the podcast with our prize pick segment. One of our favorite websites, Ben. We, I'm on here every single weekend trying to make some freaking plays, trying to identify um, some plays to make. And so how prize picks works is they set PPR totals in the NFL at, at a certain mark. And you get to choose over under their projections for high-profile players. They often have some of the bigger names on prize picks. And you get to parlay those PPR totals uh, in, your own, in your own. So you can pick two three par or uh, PPR over-unders and parlay them together to get some decent odds. For example, you can get Devontae Adams over 24 and a half, you know, PPR points and DeAndre Hopkins under 15 and a half or whatever it may be and put those things together. It's a fun game. I like playing it, especially if you play fantasy football or even DFS and you're paying attention to fantasy production all the time, but you, you obviously aren't drafting teams every single week and maybe your redraft league, you're already 0 and 10, whatever it may be. I think prize picks is the way to go. Um, before I give my picks, what are some names or what are some picks you like on prize picks this week in the NFL? Yeah, so there's a few that are jumping out at me. One, T. Higgins. I know he's had a great rookie season, but I think he's probably baitable this this week and at 14.5 fantasy points. Our projections are close to 11 on him. I know he has a pretty difficult matchup against Ronald Darby. Our charting basically has that matchup as like a minus 11% for T. Higgins. I know he's been able to kind of stay fantasy relevant in difficult matchups previously but um this is a spot where i'm probably fading i think his uh you know expectation is getting a little out of proportion at this point in time so i am taking under 14.5 fantasy points for him one other one that i like travis fulgham over 12 fantasy points uh we are close to the 13.5 on our fantasy projections i know people are obviously going to be low on him after his performance last week i think it was his worst graded game um, by a significant margin this year, he only had one reception on four targets for eight yards. So I think he's in a pretty decent buy low spot. I don't think the Browns secondary is necessarily that great, um, especially from a coverage perspective. I think they're right around uh, 20th in our opponent adjusted grades for coverage units. So I think that uh, Fulgham could probably get it going here. And I kind of like the Eagles in general to be able to move the ball a little bit, a little bit against the Browns. And I think that game has a little bit of sneaky uh, I don't want to necessarily consider it a shootout, but I think it could probably be a lot more points than what the market's currently expecting in that game. So I do think Travis Fulgham is probably going to be the beneficiary of that, uh, catching some passes from Carson Wentz. So let's hear let's hear your two or three uh, prize picks plays. So I have one, and I like doing these every week. One that I'm absolutely, and I said this last time, I don't know if you remember, I said stay the hell away from Devontae Adams one. Right, it, right. it ended up being a really weird game in Jacksonville. I don't remember if he accidentally cleared or went under that number but it ended up being a really weird game where it was very touchdown dependent didn't get the targets that everyone expected he was the highest projected ppr points player on prize picks and i think he might have fallen under that number but he those did are go games, under it yeah, yeah th- those are those are games where i just stay away don't don't go into those ones because everyone the narrative is that he's going to beat up on the jaguars score 40 but sometimes you find yourself hitting those games the one i'm staying away this week is jd mckissick 
12 and a half PPR points. What should happen is he should fall under this number. And Antonio Gibson, one of the best rookie running backs in the NFL right now, who's on prize picks projected at 14.0 PPR points, J.D. McKissick should take a backseat role. But this guy has 28 targets in two games. The past two games, J.D. McKissick with Alex Smith under center has 28 targets. You don't know what could happen. This guy could finish the game with 12 targets, six receptions, and somehow on a PPR scale come over 12 and a half without actually having a ton of legitimate production. Don't touch that J.D. McKissick total what i am liking is nick chubb under 14 and a half ppr points i know they're going against i know they're going against bad eagles defense i know that however our ppr uh projections right now have them closer to 12.7 and i think this is going to be more of a committee approach than people think i don't think nick chubb now coming back from injury is going to immediately steal cream hunt you know cream hunt snap share to where he's you know getting that 70 80 percent number i think it's going to be closer to 60 maybe even 55 percent especially if Carson Wentz continues to play like ass, like he has all year. And then the Browns go up so much that Kareem Hunt's getting a bulk majority of the carries late in the game. Yeah, I like it. I definitely think that's much more of a committee backfield than what we, you know, even saw as far from a production standpoint last week. And all, you know, Nick Chubb had a few decent long runs, which kind of skewed the yardage totals from the game. But I do think that their actual snap percentage was much closer than people anticipate. And I do kind of agree with you. I think the Eagles rush defense, I guess, obviously they're, you know, other areas of their defense have struggled, but their rush defense is probably their strongest unit. So I do think they're going to probably be uh, have a heightened focus to stop the Browns. I think if they, I think that they believe that if they are able to stop the Browns' rushing attack, they should be able to win the game. So I do think that's going to be the focus for them. So I can see Nick Chubb definitely getting under as well. I do like that call quite a bit. I have one more for you. Are you ready for one more? I need one more. I need one okay. more. Okay, I'm locking I, him in right now. So that's that's perfect. I have one of my favorite players in, in the NFL right now, which is, this is maybe hyperbolic, but is Jacoby Myers, the wide receiver for the New England Patriots. I was a big fan of Jacoby Myers coming out of NC state. He wasn't like an elite separator. He's not an elite athlete runs in the four fives, but caught everything thrown his way and was really a consistent threat for them at NC state. I compared him to a poor man's Jason Avant, who was a you know classic possession receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles long in his career right now. Prize picks has him at, 13 and a half PPR points. Our projections have them, I think, at 13.8. So it's close. But they're in the dome at Houston going against what is one of the worst secondaries in the NFL, touted by Bradley Roby, Vernon Hargraves. I think they're a common place for that defense. The Houston Texans haven't been able to stop anyone this year. And I think this could be more points than maybe even the total suggests. This is a game where I'm thinking about the over as well. I think Jacoby Myers, the obvious number one wide receiver in New England right now, clears that 13 and a half PPR points number. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think Texans are basically the last team in our opponent-adjusted coverage grade, so they're the worst uh, performing unit from that perspective. Uh, obviously, Patriots haven't been that productive through the year, but I do think they could definitely get it dubbed. So I don't know. The only thing that scares me is a poor man's version of Jason Avant. I don't know if that's going to be somebody <laughs> that I necessarily want to buy into, but uh, if you're if you're willing to go for it, I think I'll give it a shot here on Sunday. So. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the PFF Daily Betting Podcast, where we are always covering the best bets in the NFL and college football, whether that be PPR, uh, price picks, no house advantage, Bavada, smoothbets.ag. We got everything for you here on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Austin Gale, Ben Brown. Until next time. Thanks, guys.